The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer, not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And so we started talking about, you know, grace uh, in the marketplace, if you will, wealth builders, uh, that kind of stuff, uh, about three, four weeks ago. And we called it the build-up. The build-up to, to what, you may ask, to wealth builders conference coming up in a few weeks, 10 days now. We're going to be at the wealth builders conference. And so our foundational scripture was uh, Genesis chapter number 1, verse 26 to 29. And in, in there, we read it in the Message Bible, we found out that God's uh, very first words that he said to mankind were what? Prosper. We also found out that God said to them, reproduce. Uh, God said to mankind, uh, uh, take charge charge you know and uh, and dominate that's what the lord said uh, to mankind and uh, today you know with the same mindset we're going to go back to a foundational scripture and we're going to read it in the nlt if you will in the new living translation and this is what it says it says god said uh, verse 26 of genesis 1 if you're following it says god said let us make human beings in our image to be like us they will reign someone shout i'm created to reign Someone said, I'm called to reign. But, but watch what it says here. It says, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Now, what's interesting about the dominion of rulership or the dominion for you to reign in is that none of it has to do with other people. And so God called you to dominate, but not to dominate people. Whenever you see yourself trying to dominate others, you're out of jurisdiction. God created you to dominate the fish, the birds, and the animals that creep on the face of the earth. Amen. And so it says, verse 27, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Now, this is a powerful, you know, instruction that God has given to us. And we said last week that uh, God could have, two weeks ago, that God could have planted the whole earth. But God in his wisdom decided he was just going to plant the garden. And he took that garden and he gave it to Adam, the first man, uh, and his wife Eve. And he said to them, now I want you to keep it and dress it. That's in chapter 2 of Gen uh, Genesis. Keep it and dress it. Take care of it. But with that same instruction, he says, I want you to be fruitful in it and multiply it. In other words, take this garden and make it international. Spread it all across the earth. And how were they going to do that? He tells them in verse 29. He said, look. Then God said, look, if you're reading in the King James, it says, behold, that word means pay attention to this. 
take a close look. At what? Uh, he says, behold, look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. If you read in the original King James, it would say seed-bearing plants and uh, uh, fruits that yield seed. And now growing up, I used to wonder why God, what was the logic of putting a little brown ball right at the middle of an avocado? I used to wonder, what's up with that? Such a big inconvenience. You could have created the whole thing and made it an avocado. (laughs) And the reason God put that little brown thing in the middle of an avocado is because God is not just trying to feed you for a day. He's trying to feed you, but he's given you with it a technology that's self-sustaining so that you can have not just a fruit, but an orchard. Yeah. Amen. 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 And so there is a power in, in, in seed. Seed is God-level technology. You know, seed is deity-level uh, technology. God uh, holds the the. Uh, patents uh, for seed. Uh, mankind, with all our creativity and advancement and so on and so forth, one thing we could not do, cannot do, is to create something and put seed in it. Can't do it. It's beyond our comprehension. It's beyond our ability. It belongs to God level. It would have been awesome, Cliff, for, 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 for me to go to, to the uh, Mercedes dealership and I can get a male Mercedes and a female Mercedes. <laughs> Park them in my backyard, and after six months, I have little Mercedes Benz everywhere. <laughs> but mankind, with all our technology, what we cannot do is to create something and put seed in it. And so, when God says you can turn your finances into seed, He's trying to get you to operate at a high level. But beyond that, when God puts a potential on the inside of every single one of us, here's the good news. It comes as seed. It has within it the power to impact people, right, to get nutrients from the fruit. But beyond that, it has the power for you to transfer it from generation to generation. If your gift just dies with you, you have limited the potential that God has put on the inside of you. As I said, take note. I've given you uh, within this garden fruits and trees that have seed. And with those trees, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. In other words, take this garden and increase it and make it international, make it grow. God doesn't mind us starting in the garage, but he, he is very concerned when we die in the garage. God doesn't mind you starting with five people, but he gets very concerned if your ministry only has five people for forever and ever. God doesn't mind you hitting one million, but if that's all you're going, you're going, you're going to stay at, I mean, it, it starts to be very concerning. And so when I sit down with people that I, I mentor and young people that I talk to, you know, we usually talk about Matthew 25. But uh, if you look at really the, the, the similar story in Luke, because, you know, the synoptic gospels, right, it's the same story. If you look at the story in Luke, uh, Luke chapter number 19, verse 12 and 13, when God gave those talents, the master gave the talents, the instruction that came with it in verse 13 was occupy until I, until I come. The word occupy carries with it a, a, a notion of taking ground not being defensive God does not want his children to be defensive uh, what do I mean by that you know you've attained a certain uh, territory or you've been given five talents he doesn't want the five talents to stay five 
He wants the five talents to become ten. And so he says, occupy, take ground. The instruction was to advance. Amen. Amen. I said, amen. And so he says, occupy until I come. But uh, uh, the story in Matthew 25. Let's go to Matthew. Matthew chapter number 25. Matthew chapter number 25. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to read it in the NLT, right? Uh, if you read in verse 14, uh, it says that when, when the master gave talents, uh, what was the basis of giving these talents? According to their several what? Ability. And so it wasn't sporadic. When he gave the talents, he gave them according to what they could handle. And so from that... You know, and I've been teaching this the past three, four weeks. I've been teaching our staff and our eldership on this, this, this thing here because you can learn a lot about operation from this. When he gave these talents, it was according to how much you can handle. And so what I tell our staff and what I tell our HOD is don't do anything equally. Whenever you try and do something equally, uh, you're going to mess it up. Even God doesn't do anything equally. He does everything equitably. And so when you're leading a team, you don't, you don't come up with a spreadsheet and just get everyone to do the same amount of work because sometimes you can get a one talent person uh, carrying a five talent responsibility and it will crush them it will break them Amen. and so you always give out responsibility according to how much people can handle it is because you care for people right you don't want to give people more than they can carry amen and so the master gave according to their talents and our prayer, if we really want uh, a more or an increased capacity and increased responsibility from the Lord, our prayer should be, Lord, increase my capacity, increase my ability to handle more. You know, there's a gentleman in the Old Testament, he prayed a prayer. His name was Jabez. He prayed a prayer and he said, Lord, I pray that you would bless me. And he said, Lord, I pray that you would increase the borders of my thinking. Now, the first, first part of that prayer has already been answered. God has blessed us. You know, Ephesians 1, 3 tells us that God has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings. But the second part of that prayer, you and I should still be praying it. Lord, increase the borders of my thinking. Because what's limiting you is not God. It is the thinking and, 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 and seeing how far you can go. And so when Jabez prayed that prayer, the scripture says he was granted uh, his request. And so if we go back to exhibit A, uh, chapter number 25, verse 19. It says, after a long absence, the master of those three servants came back. Now we've established that there are three talent leaders, two talent leaders, and one talent leaders. Now there's nothing wrong with these people. It's just their capacity to handle stuff. Not bad per people. Sometimes one talent people, they, some of the sweetest people I've met, they just can't handle the five talent stuff. And so after a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one he had given $5,000, I'm reading in the NLT, showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him, good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. God is looking for partners. Man, I could preach on that. God is looking for people to partner with because God has work to do on the earth. You know, one of the greatest lies to ever been told is that there are no opportunities. In fact, one of the prominent definitions of economics, the study of economics, is, is that it is the study of scarcity, scarce resources, right? That's what they say. God never created the earth to be in scarcity. 
It's in abundance. There is enough for everybody. And this is why scripture says, the harvest is what? Plentiful. It is the laborers that are few. Pray that there may be more laborers. People with high capacity levels. That's what Jesus said. He said, pray for people that have a high capacity. In fact, if you read in the Old Testament, it says God's eyes go to and fro, looking for someone to show himself strong through. <laughs> so the issue is not opportunities. They're not cheap. They're not a dime for a dozen, but they are everywhere. They're expensive, but they're everywhere. Can I get an Amen. And so he says in verse 22, the servant with 2,000 showed how he had doubled his master's investment. His master commanded him, good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant given 1,000 said, master, I know. Now, 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 there's something telling here between a five-talent and a one-talent person. Something powerful here that, that you know, you can learn from. I'm going to read it again and, and see if you can pick it up. The one we had been given $5,000 showed him. The servant we had been given 1000 said. Let me read it again. The one we had been given 5,000, what did he do? Showed him. The one we had been given 1,000, what did he do? I've learned through experience that you can either make things happen or make excuses, but you can't make both. You know, I used to be a sales rep, uh, sales manager for a sales a team of sales uh, uh, people, and would give them targets. My responsibility at the time was to give them targets, and we were covering the whole country and uh, dealing in the FMCG, fast-moving consumer goods. And I had a team of four, give them uh, targets, and they would go. And their responsibility was to go and make the target happen, do something. And uh, part of that was to manage their merchandisers in all these different stores, fight for gondola space so we can move the product, so we can, you know, get more product in. And at the end of the month, they were supposed to send me a report of what they had done. And it was interesting dealing with this, that the guys who I called them the rainmakers, the rainmakers in the team would always send a spreadsheet in their sales report and say, hey, Dear Tafara, please see attached. Full stop. <laughs> and then the one talent crew, they said, Dear Tafara, this month <laughs> there was a protest in Hamaskro. The rand lost its, its value by two points. They would send me a composition. I don't want no composition. I want to see fruit. And so Jesus said, in the last days, you shall know them by their what? By their sales report. That's what Jesus said. He said, check, check if they're talking or they're showing. And so sometimes in your team, you know, you can tell who's, who's the five talent, who's one talent based on, hey, are you showing or you're talking? God has not called us to talk. He has called us to show. Can I get an Amen. It's called to show fruit. And how do we do that? We, 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 we do it by applying ourselves, watch this now, to allow his grace to flow through us so that we can do more than what's just required. 
That's what it means to be a grace person. You know, grace and laziness is an oxymoron. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. I want to show you. 15 verse 10. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. Now, grace people, this is a plague we have to, we have to deal with. You know, I grow to, you, you go to a grace church, a guy will show up on stage, you know, he's just tired. He's already tired. He's showing up, jenge, jenge, jenge. the guitar is out of tune. What are you doing? Oh, it's all by grace. No, it's not by grace. And, and, and they'll get up and say, you know, I'm going to sing this song. If I go off tune, just say praise the Lord. No, we won't say praise the Lord. If you go off tune, we'll tell you you sang off tune, fix it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now watch what he did. Uh, this is the Apostle Paul, right? He says, but by the grace. By the what? By the grace. So we're talking about grace, right? He says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. So which means grace could be in vain. If you're not careful, this grace could be in vain. We could get to the end of our lives and realize we haven't taken advantage of the grace of God over our lives. He says, this grace was not in vain, but I did what? I didn't hear that. Man, I never thought I could see a Bible verse with both grace and labor. He says, but by... uh, I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So the work he was doing, it was not him doing it, but he allowed the grace of God to flow through him to do the work. So they were not sitting on their blessed assurance. (laughs) They said, I'm going to do something. You know, my pastor, uh, 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 Pastor Douglas, you know, we used to stay. It was me, Arnold, uh, Prosper, and uh, Nyasha at the time, and myself. And, and, and uh, the other three were looking for a, for a job, couldn't find a job. And one day he got furious. He came into the house and said, everybody, go to the library, do something. They said, oh, no, it's by grace. He said, no, I don't want anyone. He said, everyone, you leave at 8, you come back at 5. He says, but we don't have a job. He says, but that's what you're going to do. Do something. Take advantage of the grace of God that's been released over your life. That's what he was saying. If you read in Romans chapter number 12, verse 11, Romans is, a, is actually the masterpiece when it comes to the grace of God. But what, watch what it says in Romans 12, uh, verse 11. Uh, it says, what does it say? It says, uh, do not lag in diligence. But we don't talk like this. Let's read it in English. NLT. Let's try NLT. Let's, let's try that's, that's, that's more like it, right? What does it say? Never be what? Lazy. Never be lazy, but do what? And serve the Lord how? In other words, don't just show up. No, no. Show, if you're going to show up, show up. God is giving you every single day. What do we say? This is the day that the Lord has made and we will do what? Rejoice and be glad. You know what that means? When you say this is the day that the Lord has made, you're saying this is another opportunity God has given me. And that's why when you read in Ephesians 5 from verse 15 to 16, he says, uh, uh, do not walk uh, circumspectly. Oh man, that's a big word. Circumspectly. 
That's good. In the King James, he says, walk circumspectly. Let me read it. Let me read it. Y'all think I'm making up words. Oh, you see that? You see that? It's an English word. <laughs> uh, it says, walk circumspectly. <laughs> Not as fools, but as wise. Doing what? Redeeming the time because the days. Are... Now, we don't talk like that. No one ever says, you know, if you redeemed the time, you know, you know. So, but let's find out what that is in English. Let, let's read it in the NLT. Let's find out what, it, what that is. In, uh, 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 let's go to the next verse. What does it say? Let's read it together. Ready? Read. Make the most of every in these. So, so, so he's saying make things happen. Make, make the most of every opportunity. God has given us opportunity. What should we do? Maximize. Amen? Amen. And so the one talent guy hadn't heard this sermon. And so he came to his master, verse 24, in the NLT. And this church, you should never ever be caught complaining about this. If you want God to bring more opportunities to you. Watch what he said in his complaint. That, that you know, sales report with all that talk. He said this. He said, Master... I know you to, to have a high standard. A high standard's good or bad? You should have high standards. This one young bachelor came to me and said, Pastor, you know, I can't date these girls at Faith. I said, why? He said, they got high standards. I said, they don't have high standards. You are just not willing to work. <laughs> okay, let me leave that alone. Let me, let me leave that alone. You can take it off the sermon. <laughs> I said, you are not, you're going to have to up your game, right? Learn how to open doors and let them go first. Oh, the amens are quieting. They're dying. They're dying. They're dying. They're dying. They won't come back next week. He said, Master. He said, Master, I know you have a high standards. And you hate careless ways. Now, if you're going to employ someone or employ someone to be a manager in your business, you must want them to have these qualities. Yeah. High standards. Hate careless ways. Because you could lose money. Yeah. If someone loves careless ways. Yeah. You lose money. You know, business people tell you, to stay in business, you must hate careless ways. Because you will lose money. Can I get an amen? amen. And it starts from answering the phone. That's a careless way. No one is picking up that phone. Who, how do you know who was calling that? Hey, it could be someone who's getting ready to give you a 10 million rand contract. Careless ways. Oh, I'm just going to go uh, take a break. I'm not going to answer that. That's careless. That's careless. Okay, okay, okay. Moving right along. He says, I know that you demand the best. Now, if you're going to employ someone to be a manager for your business, employ someone, if you're going to be someone, HOD in your company, there must be someone who demands the best. And here's another one. He says you do what? You, you, you make no allowances for what? For error. If you, especially in the accounting department. Because you could either pay taxes you shouldn't have paid or pay less taxes than you should have paid. Both is sending you to the you know who or where. Can I get an amen? amen? And so the one talent guy 
was, was complaining about stuff he shouldn't complain about. And so I was teaching this to the life group leaders. When was that? Two weeks ago? And I was teaching this to the staff and the exco, the eldership team. The reason I was doing this is because one thing I've noticed about Faith Hill Church is that, you know, God sends us a lot of uh, uh, people who've been in ministry, and some of them have seen it done the wrong way. It's amazing how many uh, uh, pastors God sends us here to faith, at Faith Hill Church. I, 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 I probably know at least 20 pastors that God sends here and and the reason he's sending them here and leaders in the body of Christ is so we can we can show them that through the grace of God things can be done differently amen, amen. amen. we we're showing them that through the grace of God man we haven't even we haven't even maximized on everything that the Lord has in store for us but one thing God has called us to be at least in this season is to be a billboard for excellence Come on. In fact, someone, uh, one of Marshall's friends, Joe, can testify to this. They, they say this. True story. This is what they say. They were talking, barbershop talk about Faith Hill Church. And they said, oh, yeah, I know that church. And you know what they said? They said, oh, yeah, they get sent tons of money from America. I said, I haven't seen it. I, I wanted to talk. I said, yeah. I said, I need to go find that money that has been sent from America. And so they ask, they say, why do you say that? They say, it's because you can't be black. That's what they say. This is not me. They say, you can't be black and achieve the level of excellence that they have. I said, but you can be graced and be any color and achieve the level of excellence that they think is not destined for the people, the color group of your people. Because it's a grace thing. Can I get an amen? amen? And so, man, I'm telling you, don't be a one-talent person. Why? Because verse 26, the master was furious. He said, this is a terrible way to live life. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. In other words, it's, it's, it's criminal not to take full advantage of the grace of God. Man, grace is available. It's time for us. I, I, can, I, can, I can hang, hang with people that try and fail than people that live cautiously try it do something allow the grace of god to flow through i was preaching at caris bible college on thursday for their healing uh healing night and i was saying this that when we go into the uh, uh, afterlife there is a ton of people that's going to come to 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 us the grace people the people that understood that god lives on the inside of us it says of the old testament people q it says they they longed for the day that you and i live in and these people when we get our mansions and we are in heaven the millennial reign of our lord and savior jesus christ they will pass through your house and they will see your name and your you know a uh, uh, time time of, of existence here on the earth most of them lived in joshua generation they didn't know what it meant to have the holy spirit living on the inside of them. they didn't know what it meant to have grace of God working. I mean, they had to take animals every annually to, to, to the priest and they were living in fear. They didn't know what it means to be reconciled with God to where you can go boldly into the throne room of grace. So they're going to come to your house and say, is it true that you lived with God Almighty on the inside of you? And you're going to say yes. And they're going to say, what did you do with it? And, and what they're expecting is, is you to tell them some faith adventures. Ah, oh, the one time we were driving and, the, and then we got out of the boat and started walking on water. Tell us more. 
Oh, the one time this person came to church and they had the flu and then we laid hands with them. Come out in Jesus' name. And they got here. They go, come on, tell us more. Man, you, you, you better be creating some faith adventures because some of you, all you will have when they show up to your houses, yeah, I went to work at 8 o'clock and then we was in traffic and then it was bad traffic. And they, Come on, tell us something. What did you do with the faith? Did you start a business? No, we were afraid. How can you be afraid? Hey, Joshua, come and hear what this guy is saying. Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Man, I just had to pick a long name. In the <laughs> he may be in heaven. He repented. He did. After he lived like an animal, he repented. And he preached a sermon. He said, Man, now I know. <laughs> That God can humble those who try to elevate. He, he preached a sermon. So you come to your house and say, you, you tell me. Did you hear about the verse that says believers who lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover? Yeah, I heard, yeah, I heard it. So how many people did you lay hands on? Ah, no, you know. There was a lion on the way. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> She's going to ask you, what did you do? Come on, tell us something. Because people in the Old Testament, David and them, they said, man, we ran through a troop and scaled over walls. You are the one who had, and we know how to quote these things, God Almighty dwells on the inside of us bodily. We know how to quote these things. Greater is he that is in the world than he Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. And they'll say to us, is that true that that verse existed in the Bible that you read? And you say, yes, it is. And they say, okay, don't start yet. Let me go and call all my kids. So that when you start telling us these stories, we can all hear at once. I don't want to have to interpret. They'll come to your mansion. And say, what did you do with the five talents? We are the five talent generation. Amen. Amen. Man, it's time to do something. Yes. I think it's actually better to say, hey, I tried laying hands on people. I didn't see them healed. And then the Holy Spirit comes and says, actually, all of them, they got healed after you left. Amen. Amen. I think it's better to say, I actually tried to start a business. I did. I tried. And we did something and we made moves. We made bold moves. We put everything, all our eggs in one basket. We took, got out of the boat and we walked on water. We did something. Man, when I found out that the grace of God was unlimited, I take chances. You know, when we were doing the songwriting album, I've never written a song can't sing. In fact, the previous church I went to, they told me, we'll pay you not to join the choir. <laughs> That's how bad it was. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be the first one to write a song. What makes you think you can write a song? Greater is he that lives on the inside of me than he that lives in the world. No, no limit. And so I started writing. We wrote Faithful Father. I wrote it. It became a song. And I found out you could do a lot more with the grace of God. And so I take chances. Sometimes I'm at the gym, and I, I know I can, you know, lift a 60. Sometimes I put two and a halves there, and I say, let me see if the grace of God can, can do this. 
and the grace of God, the grace of God always shows up. Hunch your neighbor and say, don't try this at home. 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 But all I'm saying, guys, is this. Is that we are the generation that God has put five talents in our hands. Why are you afraid? You know, when COVID-19 hit, some of you may have heard me say this story, but it bears repetition. When COVID-19 hit, uh, you know, my wife and I decided we were not going to hide like everyone else because if you're going to die, you're going to die. <laughs> and I knew we were not going to die. You know, I did science, and I knew that the mask wasn't going to help me. So I needed something bigger. And so the scripture that we stood on the entire time was Psalm 20, verse 7. Some put their trust in horses and chariots. We will put our trust in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and they are safe. And because we decided to go out and play while everybody else was hiding, we had some of the best time with our kids ever. Because no one was no one was out. So you know what it did? It meant that the do you know that I bought fuel during those days for 14, 13 rand? It dropped. The prices went down to 11 rand. Go and Google it. I said, fill up. <laughs> Everybody's hiding. I said, I, I said, fill up. <laughs> oh, in fact, uh, it was my wife's birthday. It was my wife's birthday, and there's a, a, a restaurant called forum hominai you can't get a booking forget it forget trying to get a booking if you book today the closest date you're gonna get is two years from today <laughs> nice restaurant those some of you came you checked it out you know that kind of restaurant where the, you can't pronounce the entire menu you know the restaurant is good when you can't pronounce any of their stuff and we went there, all of us, and so I went to negotiate for my wife's birthday. No one is out. They're not getting any business. They're just happy to see a human being, finally. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to bring, you know, 20 of my friends who are also not scared. They said, okay, y'all can come out. And, and they, I said, how much? They said, usually, it's going to be about 1,900, 1,800 per person. But because no one is out, and we're desperate. They didn't say it like that. <laughs> but I know a good deal when I see one. They dropped it to 237. Wow. I said, I'm bringing the whole clan. I'm bringing the whole clan. Now, I didn't tell Julie and them. I didn't tell Jabu and them that I paid 230. They thought I paid two grand a, a pop. That's what they thought. The pastor is rich. I said, yeah, I'm rich. Praise God. 237 in there. And, 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 and then after the, the, the dinner, they said, we'll give you a private room. It's a private villa. They said, it's a 40th. We'll give you a private room with a, a bathroom inside the, the, the bedroom. I've never seen anything like that in my life. The bathroom is inside there. And I mean, this place is beautiful. I said, how much? Fireplace inside. How much? Seven hundred and ninety-four. I said, "Give me, give, put that too." What happened? What happened? What happened? 
when you understand that you are the grace of God, just like the Apostle Paul, you say, I outworked all the other apostles. You get out of the boat and walk on water. If you, if you sink, so what? He's already released angels to keep you lest you dash your feet against the storm. Do something. Amen? Do something. Some of you just need to do some, shake some things and do something. Go somewhere. Some of you single people, you're too safe. Go somewhere. Go to Europe for two weeks. You yourself, go somewhere. Learn something new. Do some, just do something to shake your faith. Shake you out of your comfort zone. Can I get an amen? amen. Man, you, you, you can't stay at one talent. The master is not happy you just defending that territory. This is all I have. I'm going to go hide it so we can have next year we have one talent. The master was not pleased just def being defensive. Get on the offense. Amen. Man, you know, Michael Jordan, he holds both the record. Uh, I think it's now, you know, uh, LeBron James, but he did, at the time when he did, he held both the record for the most shots made and the most shots missed. Because for you to make the most shots, you have to miss the most shots. But if you ain't throwing, you can't make a shot that you don't make. Someone needs to learn how to make a shot. Amen. And that's what faith is. Yeah. You know, we, we, we had one guy uh, during COVID, uh, Amash, you know, he shared his testimony here. He, they put him on a ventilator. They told him he wasn't going to make it. Uh, uh, called his wife, said to him, hey, uh, come and say your goodbyes, bring your kids. Mash has brothers who are doctors. They were all calling Ruth. She, she may be here. Uh, and they were telling her, you know what? Come bring the kids. Don't be in denial. And Ruth decided, I'm going to stand on faith. I'm going to, I'm going to, walk out of this boat and walk on water and so she stood up and she said my husband will leave he will not die he will leave to declare the goodness and the promises of God and the doctor said no no you don't understand you are in denial she said no I'm not in denial I'm in faith and in that same moment, she's saying that and releasing her faith Mash is transported into heaven and he sees Jesus now, Mash is not a church guy like, you know, most of you. Mash only comes to church when he feels like. In fact, the one time, see, because the, the problem with most of you is you, you're trying to earn it. Yeah. Mash knew he, you couldn't earn it. So he just received it. And so Mash transported to heaven. He saw Jesus like a big shadow of light, came and kissed him on the forehead. And, and, and Mash wakes up on the ventilator and, and the doctor, you know, runs out because she, she also saw Jesus. And one of the people in there filmed it for him. He flatlined, which means he died, and he came back to life. Jesus raised him from the dead. The next day, Mash moves from the ventilator to the general ward. The third day, Mash is at home. He's been discharged. He's walking around the neighborhood. Here's a guy who comes to church when he, in fact, the one time he said, called me, he said, Pastor, I heard you have this family fun day thing and my kids are coming. I said, yes. He said, can I bring my wine? I said, come on, brother, you can bring it. Jesus turned water into wine. He has no problem with wine. 
And he came and he shows up. I, I, I went and I complained to the Lord. I said, Lord, Mash is not in church. I'm in church 52 weeks. How come Mash gets to see you in a vision? And I haven't seen you in a vision. And the Lord said to me, oh, no, don't worry. We can make it happen. I said, no, I'm just playing. I'm just, I said, I said, I said Lord, I'm just, I'm just playing. I said, no, I'm just playing. But here's what I'm saying, guys, is that we're waiting on the Lord, but the Lord is waiting on us. God has already put in our hands five talents. It's time for us to start multiplying them. Amen. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I'm going to end with this, that, you know, there's a season of preparation, and this is why we do world builders and things of that nature so you can hear from people who've prepared there's a season for that god is going to prepare you he's going to send you people the information that's going to help you to be ready why because opportunities flow in the direction of preparation Amen. the reason why the guy with 10 talents got an extra talent for free was because he was prepared to handle more and because of that opportunities began to flow in this in his direction you know, I've heard, you know, people like Andrew Omak say this. He says, he gets on stage and he says, you know, I never prepare a sermon. And people get it the wrong way. They think that means he is never living a prepared life. He didn't say that. He just said he never sits down to prepare a sermon, but he's ever ready. He's got 50 years of preparation under his belt. Yeah. I met this young girl, 18 years old. She said, you heard that. Andrew never prepares a sermon. So I'm not, I said, girl. You and I need to prepare. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I mean, a guy like Andrew will get up on stage and say, you know, I don't know anything. You know, the Lord is just using me and I don't know much. And, 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 and most people are like, yeah, you see, he doesn't know much. And he's running a 500 uh, million U.S. dollar ministry, yet he doesn't know much. And they say, okay, so I'm going to quit school. Girl, you're going to burn. He knows a lot. You know why? Because life has taught him. Yeah. I'm going to end with this. I, I, I learned in my ministry and in growing in ministry that if you meet a minister of the gospel who's been married to one wife for as long as they, they are alive, who's still in ministry in their 60s, 70s, you may not even agree on doctrine, but I can guarantee you you can learn something from them. Amen. If they can stay in the game that long, yeah. I don't care who it is, yeah. you can learn something from them. Amen. You know why? Because they've been using 20, 30 years being prepared. Sometimes they're just getting cooked. It's just getting cooked the wrong way, but they're getting cooked. Amen? Amen. And so when I'm around older ministers, you know, unlike some of y'all, you start learning about grace. Now you want to go preach to your apostles, 80 years old. Now you want to, you, you, you. Where are you coming from? And they won't even listen to you because they're like, dog. And so there's a season of preparation. And so young people, I'm telling you, this will help you. When you get around people like Billy and, and, and 80, 70-year-olds and they, 
giving you wisdom. They, sometimes my wife and I, we just like sitting around these people and listen. And sometimes they'll drop one nugget out of the entire conversation. That will change your life forever. Amen. Amen. Uh, yesterday, my wife was spending time with Christine uh, Bloomstein, who's the director of Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And she likes to go have lunch with her and just spend time with her. People like that, they just drop wisdom because she's been around a long time. And so she will say something and go tell Tafara this, that, and the other. When she tells me, I don't receive it like, you know, carelessly. I receive it as she knows something I may not know. There's always blind spots around us. But here's the truth. God has put five talents in every single one of us. Amen. You are a five-talent leader. Amen. Amen. And do not downgrade yourself Amen. to one talent by playing it safe. Amen. Why don't you stand on your feet? Amen. Jesus said in verse 28, verse 27, he says that's a terrible way to live. He says it's criminal to live cautiously like that. He said if you knew I was the best, I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little interest. He says take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most. They took a faith step. You are not the one doing the work. You couldn't heal people if you wanted to. So don't try to do it in your own strength. It's God working through you. Amen? I said amen. amen. So you get to work. You're going to bump into some people with all kinds of sickness, all kinds of problems. Lay hands on them. Don't miss that opportunity. Amen? He says, take the thousand, give it to the one who risks the most. And get rid of this plate safe. Who won't go out on a limp and throw him out into utter darkness? Some of you, God has called you to start this journey of buying property. And you just haven't gotten to do it because you feel like it's a big mountain to climb. It will be, but for you to get up that mountain, you, you're going to have to start with the first step. Get around people that have done it before, and they're going to show you how to do it, and they're going to help you how to do this in investing stuff. And some of you, you've really been drawn to buying you know, stock in companies, of course, that are not woke, companies that um, they have some common sense in them. And... Um, and, and, and just get around people that understand this stuff. Some of you, God is calling you to start a business. Uh, uh, get around people that understand this stuff. Some of you, God has called you to, to do ministry and you've done it the wrong way in the past. Get around people that are doing ministry with ease and, and understand how the grace of God uh, uh, works and that how you can allow the grace of God to function and to work on your behalf. That's all God requires from us, to position our hearts, position ourselves uh, uh, for increase, uh, for faith exploits. Amen? Most of you are thinking about failure. Who told you you're going to fail? You're not going to fail. The grace of God has already gone before you, and uh, He is covering you. Amen? I said amen. amen. Someone shout, God. God. 
increase my capacity change my thinking just put your hands on your head and say I'm moving right now from scarcity to abundance I'm moving right now from one talent to five talent and I'm staying in five talent someone shout my life will be that of occupying until Jesus returns in Jesus name amen Hallelujah. There's someone here. Your business is already doing well. And you are starting to get comfortable and to go into defense. Your career is doing so well. You're starting to get into defense and just defend what you have. Uh, uh, God is calling you to multiply that, double that, and, and, and raise your expectation. Keep raising your expectation. There is more. Amen. All you're working with is seed potential. And within that seed... God has planted more. Amen. 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 Man, if you were sitting here and you saw, you know, Amanda come up here, share a testimony, and you resonated with that, get, get over your pride. Go talk to her. How do you do that stuff? How do you apply for How do you do that stuff? And she's going to tell you. Yeah. It's all free. But you have to dig it. And you have to want it. Amen. Amen. If you believe in God for a child and the doctors have told you you are barren, go find somebody who's been barren a long time and the Lord did something uh, uh, for them and go find out, you know, how does this work? And they, they're going to they're gonna show you, they're going to encourage you, they're going to pray for you and, and your situation will begin to, to be turned around. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, I thank you for these, your precious children. Lord, I thank you, Father that you have put into their hands, every single one of them, five talents. Lord, I thank you, Father, that as they leave this place, they are carrying with them a, a five-talent mindset. They are carrying with them a mindset to occupy, a mindset to take more territory, a mindset to go even further, a mindset to empty themselves of every gift, every calling uh, that you've put on the inside of them uh, so that nations may be impacted, so that lives uh, may be transformed. Lord, I, I, I rebuke the spirit of fear. Fear to take uh, new steps of faith. I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. And we release the spirit of faith. The spirit that releases and comes with it uh, a new adventures. And there is new territory for us to take. In Jesus' name we pray. And someone shout amen. amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.